0: Yo, what's up? This is Avila, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Yeah. And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for... It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Patty Houlihan, former UFC fighter, won a seat on the Dublin City Council. Had a chance to hear his interview with Ariel Helwani this week, and it was so insightful and eye-opening. He's there as a man of the people, for the people, and looking for ways to get the youth involved in sports and other activities, as well as fighting for affordable housing. The housing situation in Dublin is crazy. He was talking about a tenement house, which we haven't seen stateside since, man, like the turn of the century you, you really don't hear about that yeah. but they're building them today in 2019 in Ireland to house 20-30 people on one floor with one bathroom facility and one kitchen facility he said that the space for a uh, handicap parking something that large is being rented for like 10,000 euro or not 10,000 over a thousand euros a month that's bananas absolutely crazy so salute to him in this next fight and I hope that he's able to be victorious and bring about change in the seedy political world of Ireland A couple weeks ago Uriah Faber hinted that he would return as soon as his birthday passed he took pictures and uh, said hey you know maybe I'll come back and fight and I spoke about this on the main card the week that that information went out well it's official he's unretiring and returning to the cage in his hometown of Sacramento California and will face the once beaten ricky simone um i love favor he's uh, got a chin no pun intended and hopefully it won't get tested too much against simone at 40 years of age uh, that's yeah it's just kind of scary it's kind of scary but he has been so passionate about fighting has had such a desire to get back into things. He was competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments and preparing for those things for quite some time. A lot of grappling and things of that nature. Trying to get the competitive bug taken care of. But he said whenever he would do that, he wound wind up getting in some pad work and some mitt work and wound up doing a full MMA training session almost every time he went in. So It's Not like he hasn't been working to sharpen his skills just at the age of 40. I don't know how sharp they can be, especially against the young hungry lions at 135 pounds. We'll find out when he returns to Sacramento. And I understand part of why he's doing it. He said, look, there are some different things that are going on in my life uh, as far as business and opportunities are concerned there are things i need to raise capital for it's like why go outside and seek to raise capital when i can fight a fight raise the capital myself and flip that money turn it into more and further establish myself and my future for not only me but for my brand new baby girl i get it i understand it's a payday but it definitely isn't an easy one and it's one that could have long lasting effects Yoel Romero hasn't fought in the cage in nearly a year but he won a different kind of fight on Tuesday he sued Gold Star Performance Products out of New Jersey and that's the company that sold him the Tainted Supplements which tainted his career and left him out of the UFC for about six months due to a Usada ban. I uh, lost money for fights and really put a, a cloud over his career because he's—I mean—he's a ripped man, and people always say you can't be that big, I uh, can't be that cut up without being on something, and that just fueled the haters. Well, Usada said that he did not do it intentionally that it was due to attain a tiny supplement he took that supplement company to court they sided with him to the tune of 27.45 million dollars in damages here's the breakdown he asked for 3 million for lost wages 3 million for reputable harm and 3 million for emotional damage. How does that equal 27.45? Great question. Here's the answer the New Jersey Consumer Fraud Act triples the amount. That's received when a company is found to have committed consumer fraud. Which, they said that their stuff was clean and and didn't have any PDs in them. They did, so the courts ruled against them. Now, I've never heard of that company a day in my life. Not that I'm a big supplement taker outside of a multivitamin. But the likelihood of them being able to pay him that amount... (laughs) thinking is on the the low end. Probably file bankruptcy and try to charge that off within the bankruptcy. Will he get like 10% of the money? I don't know. If he did, it would make a tremendous difference. Not just in his life, but in the life of his family. Being from Cuba and defecting to the U.S., he still has family back in Cuba. An adult son who he hasn't seen in a while because of the defense, being able to possibly bring him stateside which is something he desperately desires to do would be phenomenal and having that kind of financial backing will go a long way to achieving such a goal one thing that I know he got out of this deal was a brand new nickname Yoel De Niro and that's courtesy of MMA Fighters Danny Segura really really smart take on things alright some people who are a year older and hopefully wiser uh, with birthdays this week you have season one of the ultimate fighter finalist Kenny Florian former light heavyweight champion for the UFC Leonardo Machida current champ champ of both the featherweight and bantamweight divisions in the UFC Amanda Nunez And Elias Theodoro, who was cut from the USC earlier this week. Yeah, not a uh, great way to celebrate your birthday, but uh, who knows? It could be a blessing in disguise for the Spartan. On our prayer list this week, we've got two people. Or I should say two parties, both of Brazilian descent living in Brazil. First is Alex Oliveira, who is involved in a crazy domestic dispute. Reports say that he was intoxicated and he went into his five-month-year-old son, wanted to take a ride with him on his motorcycle, and did indeed do so. In order to do that, he accosted his ex-wife, who was trying to stop him from engaging in such a dangerous activity. Now, Oliveira's management calls the fake news, stating there was no arrest warrant issued, that Oliveira was going to the police station of his own volition, he and his lawyer, and that he would provide his side of the story. To paraphrase his manager, Alex Oliveira, the reports do not reflect the reality of the facts. I don't know what the reality of the facts are, you listen to the main card before you hear me say often there are two sides of the story and the truth lies somewhere in between the story is not good at all the fact that he is turning himself into the authorities to discuss what happened yeah that, that's not good I pray for him his ex-wife and specifically his son five months old and has a lifetime to go living with two people that clearly don't get along. It's not a good situation. I'm praying for peace overall for them. Second parties that were involved uh, in something in Brazil who I'm praying for are Jessica Andrade and her wife, who were robbed at gunpoint on Thursday morning. Their vehicle was stolen. Their phones were taken. Brazil is rough and when the Olympics were there recently they really beefed up security to ensure that the athletes and those people who were coming to cheer on the athletes were able to remain safe uh, you know this is the same place where Shogun was carjacked and forced to disroll fully before they took his vehicle and and that wasn't that long ago uh, Yeah, it, it's crazy down there and I hate that this happened especially to them because just before her fight I want to say it was either with Carolina Kovalkiewicz or with Claudia Gadelia. she wrote about how she really needed some sponsors and how a couple hundred dollars extra a month Will make a significant difference. I mean, they were baking and selling cakes to make it by, and she's a professional fighter who had fought for the championship at that time and is now the champ. I hope that her performance bonuses come through soon because she'll definitely need them to replace the things that were taken uh, and to put herself in a better position. So, definitely praying for them. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old 1-2. Hey, this is Amy Bentley with RWMS Group and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it lot. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old 1-2. Steve Kim of ESPN tweeted about a conversation he had with natural boxing's head, Eddie Hearn, who said he hasn't heard from PBC since about a week after Wilder Fury back in December he says he's had numerous emails that have been unreturned, requested meetings that have been turned down so he has no plans to meet anytime soon with BBC to quote her it doesn't take an expert to realize that there's no desire from their side to make the fight he believes Wilder has deals in place to face Luis Ortiz and Adam Kanaki what fight got announced on Wednesday Wilder vs Ortiz 2 in a twitter post Wilder said he wants to clear up the controversy in the first fight let's see he knocked Ortiz out in the 10th round (laughs) that's pretty clear and convincing no controversy there now did he have some rough spots and was he losing the fight up to that point Probably. But when you knock a man out, yeah, there's no controversy. I said last week that the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, had the exact same story about Wilder's fight schedule when it comes to opponents. Fury is rep by Frank Warren in the UK and top-ranked stateside, so it's not like he's in Hearn's camp. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now we have two. ...with the same story... two of the three matches... ...that Fury said Wilder... ...signed to fight... ...have been made... ...one was his fight... ...recently where he knocked out... ...Dominic Brazil... ...and now... ...Luis Ortiz... ...so it looks like there's validity to the claims... ...that means... ...for us fight fans... ...we won't see a fight among... ...the top three heavyweights... Until 2020 at the earliest. Ryan Kingry Garcia called out Devin Haney after his win over Moran last week, and the dream is here for it. You know who else is? This guy. Both of the up and coming fighters are exciting and show great promise. Kingry has a TBA mid-July and it's a 10 round fight so I don't see Haney being in that one because it's so soon after his last fight both of these fighters have about 20 fights into their pro career currently if either of them captures a full title then I can see that about being made before that it may be too much risk for either of these rising lightweight stars someone who continues to face stiff competition is Shakur Stevenson. Once again Steve Kim has a scoop and he reported that on July 13th at the Prudential Center Fearless will face Herion Zakares Herion is an undefeated Cuban fighter with 13 KOs in 22 fights and he turned pro in February of 2011 which is 6 years before Shakur did. The 25-year-old Saqqara has boxed in the famed Cuban amateur program before moving stateside at the age of 11. Our televised boxing lineup for the weekend has, starting off in the afternoon stateside and in the evening local time on ESPN Plus from Carter, Wales, Jay Harris versus Angel Moreno. That's a 12-round flyweight bout. From San Jacinto, California on Fox Sports 1, you have Devin the Great Alexander versus Ivan Reddish. That's a 10-round welterweight bout is Devin's second fight after returning to boxing from rehab due to painkillers he had an addiction to them after breaking his nose years he was back and it just really sent him spiraling out of control it's something that unfortunately his brother also suffered from he's seen far too many times growing up in St. Louis but the painkillers got him Yeah, they really caused him to have a diminished career. He entered a number of fights. Not clear because he was still dealing with that addiction. Now that he's gone through the rehab, he's come back. First fight was successful, and now he's making a second run at it and hoping to insert himself into the crowded welterweight division as far as talks for strong fights are concerned. He'll have Hall of Famer Roy Jones Jr. in his corner as his head trainer after parting ways with his longtime corner chief Kevin Cunningham. Also on this card, you have Hugo Centeno Jr. versus Willie Monroe Jr. In the Battle of the Juniors at middleweight. It's a ten-round bout. Now, the fight card that everyone is talking about and looking forward to in the fight industry this weekend is Anthony Joshua who's ranked number one versus Andy Ruiz Jr. for a 12 round heavyweight bout on the line will be Joshua's IBF WBA and WBO titles as well as his IBO title a organization that no one else talks about it except for Joshua but he represents it proudly now Joshua brought a Navy SEAL to help him in his camp this time the SEAL was there to help him learn how to deal better under pressure and there are very few people who deal at an expert level under pressure than Navy SEALs he brought him in to help him with discipline and also to become more expressive His trainer admitted that he needed someone like Ruiz to keep AJ motivated in training after Big Baby Miller dropped out due to all the PEDs he was on. Though Joshua is more accomplished as an amateur fighter because he won gold in the Olympics uh, when they were in London. Ruiz has a really good amateur career. He won 100 of his 105 amateur fights, so he's got a bit more boxing experience overall. I doubt seriously that that's going to play a major role on Saturday. Listen to the press conference. Honestly, I don't think Ruiz believed himself when he said that he was going to beat AJ and take the belts to Mexico and going to be the first Mexican heavyweight champion. All right, but well, we shall see. You certainly have the chance and anything is possible, but it's highly improbable. It does show that PBC can do some deals with matchroom boxing, though, if they want to. Will they let Wilder or any of their other heavyweights come out to play is the question. Also on this card, you have Katie Taylor versus Delphine Pearson. This is a lightweight unification bout. Taylor brings her IBF, WBA, and WBO titles, to the table while Pearson puts her WBC strap on the line and the winner will also hold the currently vacant ring championship title at this weight class you also have WBA and lineal super middleweight champion Callum Smith facing number 9 ranked Hassan Indah in a 12 round bout for Smith's titles the WBA junior bantamweight title will also be on the line when it's holder the number three ranked Khalid Yafai squares off versus Nobelto Jimenez and kicking off the card you have Chris Algieri against Tommy Coyle in a junior welterweight tilt at 10 rounds or less step between the ropes and out of the squared circle. And when I come back, I'll preview UFC Stockholm. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Damo, one of the hosts of the most dangerous wrestling podcast around the Outsider's Edge with my homies Jay Kells and Sam Blackwell. And you're listening to the My Team my Voice Sports Podcast Network. Yeah. What's good? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. The Ericsson Globe Arena in Stockholm, Sweden, is the site for this week's UFC event. It'll be broadcast in the evening in Stockholm and in the afternoon stateside. The car took a hit on Thursday. As the co main event between former teammates Alir the Bricklayer Latifi and Vulcan No Time Ozdemir was cancelled due to a back injury for the Bricklayer. The Curtain Jerker, at the time of recording, because the UFC has not updated its schedule yet to state whether or not one of the undercar fights is going to be bumped up to the main card. So, at the time of recording, the Curtain Jerker is a featherweight fight between the korean falcon sung ben joe who's nine and oh and six and three daniel kid dynamite tamer sung is making his ufc debut not only is he undefeated but none of his fights have ever gone to the judge's decision and it's been fairly even too with four ko's and five submissions he'll face a three Time UFC vet, though, in Kid Dynamite, who trains with the headliner Alexander Gustafsson, the aforementioned Alir Latifi, and the new co headliner Jimmy Manoa, all at All Stars. On top of this, the Swede will have strong support from his homeland fight fans and he will need all the support that he can get because he's on a three fight losing streak and each of those have been the fights that he's had in the octagon with the recent roster trimmings he's going to need a very impressive victory to stay in the UFC otherwise he's probably headed back to the regional scene up next is a lightweight bout between 16 and 4, Christos, the Spartan Gallegos, and f- 13 and 4, Demir, the Bosnian bomber Hadzevik. Both of these fighters are 3 and 2 over the last five fights. Hadzevik is riding a two fight winning streak, while Gallegos has been trading wins and losses over that time. The Spartan has won 10 of his 16 victories with 7 KOs and 3 submissions but the black house reps last stoppage was three years ago of the Bosnian bombers, 13 wins. Only three of those have been by decision. So he matches his opponent with seven KOs and three submissions. Now, Conor McGregor and I don't have much in common, but he tweeted that he's looking forward to the voice of marquee matchup this week. Now he didn't say it in those explicit terms, but he said he was looking forward to the fight that I selected as a voice marking matchup long before he sent that tweet out. And that fight pits 14-3, Maquan, Mr. Finland, Amir Khani, versus 18-2-1, Chris Fishko. Now, Khan is interested in this fight because Mr. Finland is his teammate. However, Amir Khani is rarely in a fight that isn't exciting which is one of the main reasons I selected this as my marquee matchup. is a former cage warriors champion, and he's looking to get above 500 in the UFC. Chris said in the scrum this week that he doesn't like Maquan. According to Fishgold, his opponent and his teammates have been trolling him on social media, saying rude and uncalled for things. And for this... Chris can't wait to punch Maquan in the mouth. Mr. Finley said, I haven't sent him anything. He blocked me on social media. <laughs> Maquan also expressed his disdain for fish gold, And after going head to head, literally forehead to forehead at the stare down on Thursday, he forcefully shoved Chris away. Amir Khani told P.T. Carroll of MMA fighting that it's gonna be a war. Due to the fighters having 22 submissions between the both of them, the likelihood of this fight playing out on the feet is kind of high. They'll probably cancel out each other's ground games. Makwan has been more active as a striker in the UFC, including his debut which was an eight-second flying knee KO. That was four years ago, and a number of things have happened to keep him inactive since that splashy start. He's hoping that this fight will be the beginning of an active streak. Between the combatants, they only have three knockouts in 38 fights. So, if this stays upright, it's likely to go the distance. If it hits the ground, expect slick submissions and sick scrambles. Amir Khani has been out training for about 10 months. During that time he participated in a handful of amateur boxing matches and he's itching for a fight. Plus, he's looking to get the bonus. All of those things mixed up is the reason. This is the Voices Marquee Matchup. You want to find yourself in front of some kind of device to see this fight. The co-main event pits 17-5 Jimmy the Poster Boy Manoa, versus 11-1 Alexander Rockich. The Poster Boy is on a three-fight losing skid. And is facing a surging fighter. 12 years his junior. Whose only loss was in his pro debut 8 years ago. Jimmy has been good over the years. And his place in the UFC is fairly well defined. At this moment, he's a gatekeeper. He lost to Volkan Ozdemir. Who his next fight was for the title. He lost to current title challenger Tiago Santos as well. A win for Rockage won't have the same kind of rub that Vulcan got, but it puts him firmly among the new crop of 205ers like Johnny Walker and Dominic Reyes. A win may allow Jimmy to live to fight another day for the world leader. At 205, with a three-fight win streak, you could get a title shot. And at the age of 37, time is of the essence for Manawa. In the main event of the evening 18 and 5, Alexander the Mala Stopson faces off against 31 and 14, Anthony Lionheart Smith at light heavyweight. Gus is 2-3 and three over his last five fights, while Smith is 3-2. and two. Both fighters' last fight was against the champion, John Bones Jones, and both men want desperately to wash the stain and the stench and the filth of that loss off of them in this fight by being victorious and or just fighting up to their potential. Smith seems a bit more motivated, though. He knows clearly what he's there to do. He's there to hit somebody hard, win, get the bag, and go home. That's his singular focus. He said in interviews that he likes fighting overseas because his family's not around and he can stay focused on the goal. He's fighting just to be fighting again. Versus carrying the weight of possibly being the champion on his shoulders. Achieving the goal that he set out years and years ago to to gain. This time he's just fighting and looking to put a hurting on the mauler. So that he can get all of the angst and anxiety off of him that he wasn't able to do in his last fight because he just couldn't pull the trigger he wasn't himself and the mauler said that in interviews as well that Anthony did not fight like Anthony Smith fights when he faced John Jones the Mahler states that he's motivated but he also has expressed that the end very well could be near with three failed title attempts there isn't much upside for Gus a win gets him a solid black triangle tattoo and it keeps him in the top five but I'm not sure if it moves him any closer to a title shot a loss definitely creates more distance between him and the goal though up next the official results bike check one two one two is your band J. Kells representing my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. This has been episode 93 of the MTMV main card and if the Lord says the same I'll be back at it again next week. Friday is full of fight cards. Most notably CES with the return of Nick Newell as well as John Gotti the third. Yes John Gotti's grandson. Cage Warriors CES and Ring of Combat are all in action on Fight Pass. LFA takes place in Minnesota and will be on Access TV, while Combate America will be in Peru and broadcast stateside for English speakers on zone. Make sure you subscribe to MTNV Sports on your favorite podcast platforms so you get the new episodes as soon as they're available. We'd love to interact with you. You can leave a message by clicking the link in the show notes. And who knows, you may just be on the next podcast. Whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you'll find us at MTNV Sports for social media. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Until next time. It's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off.